Struggle Session, a special edition of Struggle Session. I'm your host, Leslie the Third. Um, I'm the only normal host here. Um, Jack and JDB, they're not fired again. Um, they're they're back into the fold. They're back in, you know, the good struggle session graces. But they they, they decided to take a step back because they're good allies and let me do a very <laughs> special black Black Panther episode. Like we are so black on this episode. <laughs> Nothing but black voices on this one. Just the um, diverse opinions of the diaspora right here tonight. <laughs> And for we have two special guests. Um, first, you've heard her on our show a couple of times already. Um, she's a fantastic uh, podcaster, very intelligent. Miss, um, um, you know her as Breebe Joy from um, Something's Wrong on the Internet. Her fantastic podcast, Brianna uh, Joy Gray. Thank you very much for coming on. It's my pleasure. And another host, somebody we've wanted to have on for a, a while um, because he's really influenced our show, his fantastic show, uh, Champagne Sharks. You know him as uh, Ricky Wal- Walls on Twitter. T, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? And uh, yeah, the, my full name is uh, Trevor Bullyu, but everybody calls me T in real life. So yeah, it's fine to call me T. And hey, this is a black show. This is the black show. We're not calling anybody by their full name. Okay? <laughs> it's gonna of be Bree, Bree T and L from. We got those. Yes. We got those. We got those white devils gone. I mean, we got my co-hosts <laughs> gone, and we're just gonna have a struggle session with, um, with you know, just just black folks. And we were gonna have one more guest, Mr. Benjamin Dixon. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. My cuz, we we lots of love to you. Um, but thank you for not coming on because. Um, this was kind of is a debate about Black Panther, and I feel like myself and T are kind of on one side, and Bree and Benjamin, who wrote a really excellent um, article on it, were kind of a little bit more pro. But Ben's not here, and so it's just me and T versus Bree, and so obviously um, we're gonna win this debate. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll have to do a doodle poll afterward. All right, all right. So there's been so much talk about Black Panther. I guess the first question is. Are you tired of talking about Black Panther yet? Mm-mm, never. Wakanda forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> T, T, how do you feel about Black Panther? You, do you um, think... I'm kind of on the fence, man. Like, sometimes I think I am tired of it. Then I see a particularly good or bad take that kind of re-sparks the interest in talking about it. So I vacillate. I go back and forth. I... Uh, but I'm still I'm still hanging in there. I'm still I'm gonna do another take on it tomorrow. So I, I, obviously I'm not that tired. So I like <laughs> it, I feel like in one level I'm not tired of it, but I feel like we all should be because regardless of, regardless of my opinion of the politics of the movie, even if I love the movie, it is essentially just another superhero movie at at the end of the day, and we wouldn't be talking about it as much if not for the fact that Disney put. 200 300 million dollars behind it like i don't feel like um, like compared to something like moonlight right an independent movie that people talked about because there was something in the film at least that really you know generate generate all this discussion besides the marketing of it i feel like with black panther if this was you know a michael ja white film that just popped up on netflix one day that cost you know 30 million dollars no one would really be talking about it well, I think that's right insofar as 
it's unexpected for a Disney film to have made the, some of the moves that this movie made. And I think that part of the tension here is that there are some people who are holding this movie up as genuinely revolutionary, um, kind of on its face, as opposed to revolutionary in the context of a Disney movie. And I think you're right to push back against some people who want to invest the movie with more relevance and import than it has. But I also do think it's fair to credit the film for where it exceeds what a normal Disney film does and speaks to themes that are, in fact, pretty controversial and out there for the genre. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, oh, go ahead. I'm, yeah, I was going to say, as far as I go with that, I feel like... Um, one thing about this movie is that I'm a kind of person, and I feel like you guys are the same way. I like to use movies, TV shows, comic books to kind of draw parallels to, um, you know, real life issues and stuff. Because I feel like pop culture can be a good vehicle for that. Uh, even if a lot of people don't do it well, I think it's a good vehicle. And a lot of the times you want to bring up a movie, and even movies are kind of smash successes, like say, like, um, Get Out or Moonlight, you know, successes compared to expectations or budget, it's rare to find one that everybody has seen. So sometimes there's like a great point from an old movie and want to use to illustrate something. And a lot of people, black and white, haven't seen it. So I think one reason why I'm cool about using this movie to talk to a lot of, to talk to people about so much is, the same reason why you say it's um, it shouldn't be talked about, and validly so, that it's a Disney movie, is the same reason why everybody and the mother has seen it. I could, I could bring this up to anybody, and boom, we can just jump right into talking about it. White, black, Asian, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Bria also made a, very, you made a very good point, saying it does tackle issues that aren't usually... Um, talked about in film we can talk about well we'll talk about how they talk about them later but but that's a fair point to say that it is talking about it, it's a gateway to talk about issues that most films don't really get into so that's why the hot takes are um flying so fast and so furious and with no end in sight um at least until a recon time comes out properly uh, and, and it, so. almost trick, it almost tricks them because a lot of times when People see a movie's going to talk politics up front, they'll, they'll just check out, especially if you're pretty post-racial. So I think a lot of people just walked in there and were totally blindsided. And I think that's another good thing about how it talks about those issues. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so while we're you know while we're in the positive um, segment of the show, <laughs> let's talk. Let's just let's just talk about. Black Panther as if it was Iron Man 4, right? Let's just talk about it as like a popcorn superhero comic book movie. How did you think it did just on that, you know, baseline surface level? I loved it largely because I'm not a person who watches movies and enjoys action movies because of the action scenes. I felt like the best um, Bond movie was, I think, the one before the last one, sorry, with the with Benicio Del Toro, I think was the antagonist and played a really complex character with kind of fluid sexuality. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that draws me into a movie. So I felt that structurally, um, in terms of plot um, and kind of the layers of politics that were happening in this film, it was much more engaging than even your basic superhero movie. Not to mention, it's a movie that had, as people have discussed, a number of very strong female characters. Yes. 
I, I sat up upright in my chair and whispered to my boyfriend, oh my God, I just passed the Betchel test <laughs> um, in the middle of the movie because the moment felt so fresh. And it reminded me of how rarely that sort of thing happens. Um, the costume visually, the whole thing was stimulating. Um, almost getting to the end, I will say it dragged a little bit in the beginning, but I think in a way that was setting up scenes that uh, for payoff later, that was totally worth it. Yeah, for me, I thought it was just kind of okay on a, just a superhero movie level. And it was competently done. And it was actually pretty good in some scenes. Like with the car, I thought the car chase was well done. Um, yeah. My kind of problem was the fight scenes just kind of bland to me compared to in Civil War when they showed the Black Panther fighting. It looked a lot more interesting. And I started yeah. thinking, I, I imagined how much better the fight choreography was for the Black Panther and uh, the the last movie so i went on youtube and looked at the clips again and no they actually were pretty um um interesting you know the cgi was also weirdly kind of bad but i don't limit that to that to this movie i feel like in a lot of recent movies the trend it's been kind of trending downward in cgi so that yes. i won't persecute this movie that much on because i think that's with a lot of movies but yeah i thought the politics were actually more interesting either intentionally or unintentionally than it was as a straight superhero movie like i think i could think of four or five superhero movies that i liked better it was enjoyable enough i won't say it was bad in terms of craft but you could tell this was a ryan coogler's first time doing a tentpole action movie is there something um about the genre that really innervates you that was lacking here because as someone who I think is evaluating this more as a movie because I don't have a particular affinity for superhero movies I enjoy them but I wouldn't say it's my bread and butter like I think it is for you guys I'm curious what it is about this film that you found lacking as a superhero film specifically I I will say like I'll say on the surface I'll I'll say the good part first like on the surface level I think it's you know competently made for the most part um, it's not, it doesn't waste the viewer's time. It has something to say. It has, you know, interest. It has a lot of wonderful characters. I think all the characters and actors are great, especially as you said, you know, the strong black women in this film, they were, they were all good. Like that's like, so that puts it above like an Ant-Man or Doctor Strange and these other movies that I don't think even needed to ever exist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I second to see, and this is getting to what you just asked, like the action scenes, like they were big and bombastic but just completely unimpressive because there was so much cgi involved and it just didn't fit like a lot the fights didn't feel like fights a lot of the time but there was a rhino yeah exactly (laughs) exactly a cgi rhino like that like and like there was this big you know battle scene at the end of the film that's not what a superhero movie is superhero movies are about like two or three people like fighting it's not about like armies going at each other that's so funny because i i love that because i always find with the one-on-one fights at the end of the movie or even in this movie when he has to to do those you know ritual fights to see who gets to be black panther it's like you always know how it's gonna end up so i found myself kind of staring at the ceiling waiting for the scene to wrap up because it's like wasting p- time that could be driving plot and narrative. See, I don't understand what you feel. Um, Brie, have, have you ever been a pro wrestling fan? <laughs> no, but I got into it a little bit after Glow. I went back and started watching old original oh, okay. episodes of, of Glow. <laughs> I get the appeal. So so the thing is, like, in a good pro wrestling match, you can know the outcome. But if the fight is choreographed well enough, you will forget 
that it's a predetermined thing. You will watch a fight twice and not and forget who's going to win at the end if the core choreography is good. I think that maybe the Killmonger fight in the middle had like a really strong like element of that to it, like straight like good pro wrestling fighting, but like the first ritual combat and the CGI chase scene and the CGI war at the end, it just it didn't really make me feel anything. So I think as a superhero movie, uh, I agree with the first guy who got called like a racist for giving Black Panther three out of five stars. I'm like Black Panther should have been doing some like more one on one. Uh, t- uh, fighting like you know like he it should have been it should have been more like a Michael Ja White film you know like just like because that it's an action movie at its heart but like I watched Thor last night and it's even worse than this because there's just so much like there's complete there's whole fight scenes where Thor is CGI and all the people are fighting are CGI like I don't understand oh, I love Thor <laughs> but I but like do you love CG seeing CGI clearly CGI Thor fighting another is clearly yeah yeah yeah, CGI and not even person. good CGI. That's the yeah. thing. See, I guess I'm just I'm sorry. Like, and I and I own that maybe this just isn't my focus, and I just am not attuned to it, and I just don't see it. But I don't I don't see it. And the reason I love Thor is because they were movies that were were driven a lot more by plot and humor and the relationships between the characters. And that's why I, I like all movies. And superhuman uh, superhero movies aren't exempt from that for me. But that's just a personal taste issue. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like the fights have to be, like, or like the linchpin of that. Like you yes. have the plots, you have the characters, and then you have to like, oh, you have to do all that justice in the fight scene. Otherwise, it falls flat. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like a rom com, and everything is good except like the romance. You're, you know, you're like, this is a great rom com, but. You know, the one thing I was bad at was I just didn't like the two people getting together. Then the rom com has kind of failed in some kind of way. And I feel like that's kind of the problem with this. To add to Leslie's um, pro wrestling thing, I'm not as big a pro wrestling fan as he is, but I've watched it. And to me, like the fights are the most memorable is when you can remember a specific two or three moves, especially if they're like signature moves. Like yes, if, you, yes. if you watch the fight, but they're building to one or two nice showcases of moves, like say like a moonshot or like, the rocks people elbow or some kind of crazy um, luchadore type of acrobatics that makes you want to rewind that move. Like, holy crap, that move was hot. Let me go back and see that move one more time. And Black Panther's fight scenes reminded me of a, of a rap song that you like. But if someone asks you, can you remember any hot lyric off of it? You kind of can't, you know? Yeah. Gucci man, Gucci man, Gucci man, Gucci man. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 So, like that, like that's the main thing. Like when I look, watch uh, a lower budget action movie compared to the superhero movies, like something like Jack Reacher, right? Like, I like the fight scenes in that. Like they're flesh on flesh, people pounding on each other, using Muay Thai, using like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, using all these cool, like why doesn't Black Panther do more capoeira? Like, I mean like not the CGI Black Panther, like the real Black Panther. Like I want to see some impact. I want to feel like these fights really mean something and this is how they're, you know, arguing, how they're winning their arguments that are made throughout the movie. Like that's why this, like, Ultimate, and I think Black Panther isn't unique in this. I think 
most of the recent superheroes are failed in this. Blade did not. Blade had this shit down. It had cool fight scenes like that are memorable that I'll still go back. If Blade's on TV and the fight scenes on, I'm watching. I don't care. Oh, I, I, care. I, I own Blade. Yeah, Blade is yeah. Uh, great. I, I think the budget the budgets don't help because Blade didn't have that much of a budget, so you kind of forced you to do good practical effects. A uh, civil Civil War. I, I think the best. Marvel movie in terms of fight scenes, I think was uh, Winter Soldier, and I think they used the guys from the raid for that. So that's why it was not typical as far as actually being good in practical effects and fighting. But uh, even Civil War, which I think was not as good as um, um, Winter Soldier in terms of the practical fight effects, even that was still better because I was reading how they did the Black Panther for that, and they used this. Um, and golden fight style and then golden martial art called uh Nogolo. It's like a predecessor to Capoeira. Yeah. And they combined it with Wing Chun. So if you watch the movie, there's a level of thought to the Black Panthers fighting where it's kind of stylistically different than how other people are fighting. Like Bucky's fighting one way, and in Black and then Black Panther's using a certain type of style that looks a little different, and they tried to make it uh seem a little bit African, even if it wasn't like a watered-down type of African, whereas um, the moves and the fighting in the actual Black Panther movie, I thought they would have gone even further in that direction, and it's super generic CGI. Like, anybody's moves could have belonged to anybody. There's no move or fight I can remember that stuck out in my head. Yeah, I, I like, can thinking, I, oh, um, go ahead, Bri. Well, I was just going to ask you guys, uh, do you think that any of this has to do with, you know, as, as, as guys who... I have some more familiarity with the comics than I do. Do you think any of the lack of specificity with respect to how he fights has to do with um, the uh, anything from his history in the comics that isn't specific? So, so, so for example, I feel like Spider-Man, you very much associate him with web powers, a kind of uh, acrobatic athleticism, swinging from buildings, a spider-like animal quality. You know, Superman has his superpowers and all the battles come down to whether or not he can get a good shot with his laser eyes or whether or not someone has kryptonite and he's going to have to go hand-to-hand. Bat- Batman is a guy about all of his gadgets. We kind of want to see what he's going to pull out of his belt next to make it work because he's just a man of average strength who has a lot of money. I don't know enough about Black Panther's background, but and maybe that's why when his fighting was generic, it didn't strike me as unusual or particularly lacking in dynamism. Is there something more that we should know about from his background that should inform how he fought in this movie. Yeah, he he really he's a f- superhero known for well there's two things he's known for. He's known for being really intelligent which you will not pick up from this movie unfortunately. Um he's 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 basically Marvel's Batman. So that means he he has a lot of cool gadgets. He's extremely smart like five steps ahead of everyone smart and he also has like a really good he's a good fighter he's a great fighter at least since he got revitalized by christopher priest back in the day he was kind of like the guy who would get knocked out <laughs> in the first in the first mm-hmm. panel he was kind of a chump but when he got revitalized they gave him like a really specific uh really he made they made fighting very much his strong suit like the big thing is like he whoops captain america's ass anytime he feels like it like you would not i don't know if you really get that idea from watching um this film like uh, and i just wanted to say like in civil war like there's this that scene where 
uh, in the, at the end where they're all fighting and Captain America just turns to Iron Man and he's tired and he's bloody and he's beating and he turns to him and says, puts his dukes up and says, I can do this all day. Like, like that was my favorite part of the movie. And like, I didn't get any feeling, any, any scene like that in this movie about a guy who's supposed to be an even better fighter than Captain America. Like, and he, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, and, and comic books in general, they're never really good at portraying authentic fight styles. Like, if you read a Master of Kung Fu or Iron Fist, they're not putting a bunch of um, research into accurately de- depicting martial arts. So, But I don't think it's their fault. I think it's limitations to, you know, the craft. You can't really do it, especially if you're some kind of Western artist who hasn't studied those things. But... I kind of hold a movie to a higher standard yes, because yes. You're, you're outsourcing that to somebody whose job it is to do fight choreography. So you can just hire somebody to make uh, Iron Fist look like authentic martial arts. You can hire somebody. So, like, I wouldn't say the the books will inform you on in how Black Panther is specifically supposed to fight because I don't think the books really are qualified to kind of show um what they describe him as like they describe him exactly as l says like you know he's a very good fighter and part of the joy of watching live action adaptations is to see them do the things with the characters that you can't see on printed page you know that you can't see well i i want to push back i think the better writers and artists do do a good job of fight choreography in the comics but like the average ones don't so exactly exactly yeah yeah yeah, so I I, I do want to um, just bring you uh, your turn. Uh, you're asking questions about Black Panther as a character. Uh, is there something really interesting to me? Um, because like I always like the thing about Black Panther and his resurgence now is that like when I was a kid reading comic books, Black Panther was whack as hell. Nobody I knew liked Black Panther. Like he was not he was not a thing. But like in the past, say you know, just few years now, he's become the black superhero, which is really like strange for me um, to see. And I'm just wondering, um, uh, T, if you're familiar or Bree, if you knew that, you know, Black Panther for like, you know, most of his history was just, you know, a really whack dude that nobody really liked. Black Panther, when I was growing up like in the 80s, the, uh, Black Panther was pretty whack. And like you said, he was the guy, he was the superhero equivalent of the black guy who gets killed in a horror movie. Like, you just know he's (laughs) going to get taken out of the fight quick. And one thing that surprised me is I started reading old um, comic books by trade paperbacks and stuff. And when he was introduced, I was kind of impressed with how Stan Lee and Jack Kirby actually kind of introduced him pretty good. He was going toe-to-toe to Fantastic Four. He smacks a thing around. Like, it was... So they actively kind of downgraded him. Like Stanley and Jack Kirby um, introduced him strong out the gate. A lot of what Christopher Priest did with the character was actually kind of reclaiming a lot of what Stanley and Jack Kirby first put in from the very first appearance, and then adding onto it. And it seemed like there was a middle period where, like from Roy Thomas onward, they just kept diluting and making him whack. But yeah, I was fully aware of. Um, how wacky he used to be and that Christopher Re- uh, Priest brought him back. What was surprising to me was how strong he started. That was the part that I didn't know. Mm. 
I guess I think my sense of it was previously that it felt almost like an affirmative action superhero, right? Like we were being tossed this bone, but it wasn't really actually good. We were just supposed to like it because it's black and the work hadn't been put in to make it a good character. And it was almost offensive to presume that we were going to kind of hop on the bandwagon just because he had this like heavy handed name, Black Panther, that seemed like, (laughs) like just trying so hard um, to appeal to us. But I, you know, my impression is at least since um, there's been talk of this movie and um, Tanisi Coates, you know, writing the 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 comic book um, and Roxanne Gay and all these other people being involved, that their coolness factor has come back into it. I think partly because of just the notion that it's in the hands of Black people now. Yeah, yeah. So I like I, I'm glad because that's exactly how I felt. Like he felt like an affirmative action superhero back in the day. He wasn't really used that well or that much. Then Christopher Priest kind of brought him back and made him cool and actually had one of like the best um, comic books on the market um, starring Black Panther. And that kind of opened a lot of people eyes to what he could do. It still took another 10 years for Marvel to like make him as big as he is now with the movie coming out. But uh, I digress. I just want to give all the credit to Christopher Priest. And none he of the definitely credit. deserves it. None of the credit to Tom Hesey Coast. I'm sorry. It's all Christopher <laughs> Priest. And so, uh, I, so this is another base level question that, you know, I really want to ask black people about, right? So Wakanda. I feel like the concept of Wakanda in the, both the presentation in the movie and like in just in concept is kind of a problem right cuz the way the way um it's been fr- it was phrased to me i think uh, jdb uh phrased it this way it's like you know what imagine if africa wasn't shitty and that's kind of what wakanda was invented to be and like it it's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because you have this Black Panther, who's technically the first black superhero, but he's not a black American. He's not a black person from any actual existing country. He's a noble from a fictional country called Wakanda. And so it always felt like, even though he was presented very well, it was like he had to be, he couldn't be a black American who was intelligent and smart and strong and stronger than, you know, all the white heroes. He, they had to invent a completely fictional country in order to present this hero in this way because people wouldn't accept, like, a, bla- a black superhero who was as good. Hmm. I guess I, I saw him being from Wakanda as a way not to – you know, justify his intelligence, but to make him royalty. And I feel like there definitely is a trope. Um, you see this in, in Disney movies, right? There was like this excuse that we couldn't, we haven't had a black princess because where are we going to make her from? And how can we make a loot? Like these things are kind of loosely historical, vaguely Scandinavian places that these princesses are from generally. And so where are we going to, how are we going to get a black princess? And I felt that the invention like Thor is one of these inventions to try to kind of heighten the mystical power type nature of the character and not because you can't believe in a black American superhero. And I didn't, I also didn't see uh, Wakanda as what if Africa wasn't shitty in a way that 
criticizes Africa, I saw Wakanda as what if Africa hadn't been made shitty by the colonizers? What if Africa had been allowed to develop without interference to the glory that would have been natural for all black people if without uh, without white interference? I think the intro to the movie spells that out really nicely and shows that, you know, this was what Africa was. This is what we all were. This is where we were all going. And then this horrible tragedy happened the slave trade happened and it did a really good job of removing any fault from black people for our destitution whether or not it's in in america or in other parts of africa and really put it squarely on the shoulder of the colonizers the um to add to what um l was saying about how a black panther being african was the way to make him seem noble it's interesting when you contrast it when marvel comics made the first is Luke Cage the first African-American uh, superhero? I feel I, like he is, right? Yeah, I feel like he, he is the first African-American, at least from Marvel. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe Falcon. at least from Marvel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcon, Falcon might be. Actually, you're right. It's either Falcon or Luke Cage, but at least Luke Cage was the first one to get his own series. And it's so diametrically opposed to... Um, Black Panther. It's amazing when it first started. Like they've rehabilitated Luke Cage uh, a lot, and I say this as he's Mister Respectability now. Yeah, yeah, Mister Respectability now. But when he first came out, and I say this as someone who enjoys the early Luke Cage comics as a guilty pleasure in a black exploitation way, but he was a total buck. You know, he was total that buck stereotype. So yeah, I think there is something like that with Black Americans. Either have to be very respectable, like kind of a Sydney Poitier. And I think that's kind of what the Falcon was. Or they have to be like Bucks, where they're just like these, just kind of man beasts. But the African was what they made the well-rounded, um, best of all worlds, you know, manly, but not an out and out buck or animal and respectable, but not all, but, you know, still, proud and you know assertive you know all right so we 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 talked about the comics let's so we talked about the movie so let's get down to the politics the real politics of the movie the real like thing that people are debating so i i so brie you you Mm -hmm. you you seem to enjoy um the political presentation of the film and and you know i i I want you to have a chance on struggle session because we're very fair here (laughs) to state your case and then t and i will take turns saying why you're so wrong (laughs) (laughs) okay so first i want to make it very clear that we're talking about a disney movie and so to the extent that we're saying that uh, that i'm arguing that the politics are something to be um appreciated and and lauded the attention to politics rather um, is not to say that this movie is as some people have, are characterizing it revolutionary in and of itself or um, uh, something bigger than what it is. But for a Disney movie, I think it absolutely uh, injected themes that are uh, unusual, that are relatively um, progressive and revolutionary, that speak directly to the Black experience in a way that I think that none of us really appreciated, and which were some of the biggest um, kind of laugh lines, response lines of the movie. You have characters directly calling out white people as colonizers. You have an absence of any white relevant character the entire movie. There is this characterization of the CIA agent um, 
and maybe it was by one of you, I can't remember, but as the only um, unambiguously positive character in the movie, which I think dramatically misreads that character and, and the rest of the characters um, in the film. Well, I, I, it, you're getting pretty close to Ad Hominem Bree, but please continue, <laughs> please. <laughs> but he's they, the only white character is a, like a... a, a vaguely you know except for the south african antagonist um is a neutered um ambivalent character who is only able to act uh positively uh, be a positive force in the film when he's literally being a puppet uh, controlled by a black teenage girl um i think that to the extent that there's a criticism that it's black people fighting black people at the end of the movie i found there to be something um um, refreshing about the plot not ever having to pivot back to white people. I mean, there's this um, theme that I keep coming back to where, you know, I make a lot of criticisms of people who talk about interracial dating, for instance, as something that always has to involve white people. We always center white people in whatever we talk about race and black people in our in our internal dynamics. And I thought that there was something incredibly refreshing about the way that the, the movie chose as its focus internal divisions within the community and resolve them without um, the white gaze. And that's incredible for a film that is is presented on a global to a global audience, um, a, a predominantly non-black audience, and to have that faith and that confidence that our story was going to translate as universal in the way that white stories are expected to do, I think was really great. And I just want to say briefly to the end of the movie, I think most of the criticism about it being kind of a neoliberal project has to do with the idea that um, Killmonger represents a lot of positive ideals as well as negative ideals in terms of black liberation. And that by killing Killmonger at the end and um, only manifesting um, his desire to help black people by starting a community center. Uh, Gentrifying uh, Oakland. Uh, gentrifying Oakland. <laughs> well, I don't know. Are you going to call it gentrification if he's deliberately buying and giving resources to the black community? Yes. But but where are those tenants going <laughs> to live? I, I, I want him to at least say where he's putting those tenants that well, he's okay, displacing well, out of his building. Let's give Brie her time. Let's give Brie her time. So it was a condemned It was a condemned building already. So my I, my understanding was that he bought it and was going to open it back up to people. But the point of the... My, my main point with the end is I think it's a legitimate criticism to want more to have happened to to want him to do more to manifest the lessons that he learned from Killmonger later in the movie uh, or in later movies or later. But we also I also appreciate that it was the last like five minutes of an overly long movie, and I don't I didn't interpret whatever little wrap up session we had at the end to be the true full reflection of his uh, how to the extent that he's adapted Killmonger's revolutionary politics. So I'm not going to hold, I don't hold, you know, if in the next movie it is true that the full extent of what he does to, you know, uplift black people and pursue black liberation is these kind of technocratic neoliberal interventions. I agree with that criticism. I just don't think we have enough right now to make the kinds of claims that have been being made. Okay. I just want to point out that you're hinging your argument on a movie that's going to come out in two years later. So I, I think that's just very convenient. Um, and you're hinging your argument on 2.5 <laughs> minutes at the end of a two and a half hour film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, so I, I will say, let, let, uh, so let's start there. Let's start at the end. Right. So I, I feel like the real problem is that like, there's no argument, but there's no, so this is a very long movie. You point out I, my criticism of it as a film is that it feels like three episodes of a TV show 
stitched together in order to be a movie because in the middle there's a whole ass like shortened version of like a mission impossible scene right like where when he goes to korea that's straight up james but he actually has a cue scene where shuri shows him his tech like all right if you want to spend time on that and just make it like a mission impossible movie starring black panther that is cool that's dope i'll be down with that but if you're also going to handle you know black liberation you gotta make time you gotta pick one you gotta make time for that as well you can't you can't shirk it and i think one of the main problems with how why it came across as just you know justifying like the neoliberal take is that there's no argument between t'challa and killmonger killmonger shows up whoops t'challa's ass t'challa disappears from the movie and then he comes back they fight again and t'challa wins and 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 then in the wrap up, like he goes to the um, explicitly racist United Nations and says he's going to give some technology to them. Now I didn't make those cuts in that movie. I didn't write the script. They did. So their failure to seriously grapple with the political topics that they brought up is a problem. And if the only thing they could do is wrap up is to have you know. T'Challa um, kick black people out of their buildings and build a, you know, a tech campus. Like that was their choice. They could have gone. So- I'm sorry. What black people were kicked out of their buildings? Um, all, was, all he, the black people that lived there. Um, no, he, it was a condemned building. He went back to the building and they looked at it and it says, "Oh, my cousin or whatever used to live here. It's condemned now. I just bought it." Well, but, I'm but pretty he sure. He, I, but, I believe but he that says he, he bought said, the whole block, though. He yeah, he bought he the says, whole block. I mean, yeah, I, I, Bree, I mean, you're, you're, I'm just saying as a factual matter that that's that's like a. I'm saying it wasn't born out. It doesn't sound factual to me. I believe there was a scene very specific scene where T'Challa said I want to kick all these black these he said there's a difference between black people and words and I'm gonna kick all the all these all right see this this is a joke this is a joke right but I would just want to point out that there is I think some inconsistency here what you're saying isn't wrong insofar as it would be great if we saw a movie where Black Panther really pursues black liberation more broadly but at the same time earlier in this episode you make the argument that you wanted it to be more of an action movie you wanted to have more fight scenes you don't want them to turn it into a PBS special or a a movie about something that's not a superhero movie and I think that you can't have both. Oh, oh but you can't. But, about- but Brie, you can. Because, see, Blade is a movie about oh Bla- him fighting white European vampires and he just marks them. There's no, you know, he doesn't say, all right, I'm going to build a community center in the black neighborhoods where all the vampires are eating people. No, he just goes around killing vampires. Like, you can, you can do both. You can have good action scenes and have it, like... Uh, like for real though like this movie like this movie could have been about t'challa saying you know what um i i've dealt with these avengers i've seen what's happened with them in their military industrial complex I'm going to kick them all out of Africa. I'm going That's to. That's the next movie. But that could this have been is an origin. This could have been no, no, this no, listen, movie. listen. <laughs> no, but Les- Leslie, this is an origin story. I think that everyone is forgetting that this isn't. We've had. We're so far into this Avengers universe now. We've had so many Hulks and Supermans and not Supermans, but th- Thors and. So I just want to say things. that's a logical fallacy mixing DC with Marvel. Logical fallacy. Doc a point. Doc a point. I corrected myself. I took back Superman before you could correct me. But like, I think that the fact of the matter is, we're used to some of these. Advanced uh, plot, advancing Avengers movies, and we're. Whole, I think that 
you, it seems like you're holding this movie to a standard that you're not holding other origin movies to origin movies are more indulgent in these kinds of um, frolics and detours and less committed to the, the superhero universe more generally. All right, so that's a fair point, but I will, I will say yeah. the reason I'm holding it to a higher standard is because it brought up this topic, right? Killmonger could have just been a guy who wanted to steal by vibranium. But he wasn't. And, he was, but it, that's what made the movie so dynamic and wonderful. Uh, You're telling me that you think that Killmonger would have been a more compelling villain it, if he weren't so uh, 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 didn't have so much appeal. If he if he didn't wasn't so morally mixed. I would say like, I would say like the point point about him being denied the throne, being denied the life in Wakanda that he was supposed to have was enough to make him like a much more in depth character than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Marvel villains. But to put the words of black liberation in his mouth, uh, in the mouth of the villain, that's a real problem in a film called Black Panther. And okay. and Brie, you've interrupted okay. sorry, me several sorry, times, sorry, and you have I'm not sorry. given T his time. And I know it's it's two on one, but you know that's because ben, Benjamin Dixon abandoned you. I'm sure he knew it was going to be a um, music art. So, so I want T to have his time. I'm starting to think we're outnumbered. I think maybe we need like a third person. To, I know, to right? Help, like that would be really brain. fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. One one thing that I don't buy is people always say, you know, well, it's an origin story. The future ones are going to do that, and I don't think we can judge this movie on a hypothetical future one that we can assign these views to as saying the right things because anytime i've been told that with the first movie the second and third movies always keep the same type of worldview of the first one like i've never had that argument pan out yet like i remember with the first star wars of the new ones the force awakens and everyone kept telling me oh don't worry in the future ones it's not gonna be this type of um mary sue issue or all this stuff and then the second one always comes. I'm just using The Force Awakens as an example, but in all these things, the second one always comes and it's just an expansion of whatever ethos was in the first movie. So I I don't buy that we can start imagining the second movie is going to do a diametric turn, you know? And the other thing with this movie is a lot of people keep saying, oh, he listened to Killmonger, and they kind of make it seem like this kind of... Uh, Hegelian dialectic where he kind of listens to the CIA in the West, then he listens to Killmonger, and then he comes to this kind of um, synthesization, this kind of middle ground and incorporates both. And I don't really feel that he really incorporated much of what Killmonger was saying outside of that uh, coding camp for kids or whatever that thing is going to be. You know, <laughs> That's like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he does—he does two things. He he buys up a whole block, uh, and the one thing he says is gonna be some kind of outreach center, like you know, keep it at the black. For all we know, keep it a Black Hillary Foundation, the Black Clinton Foundation. We have no idea what this thing is, but then he goes to the UN and says, "Hey guys, I'm gonna give you access to um, our technology, our advancements, whatever." I mean, and they're still racist to him, even in then, and he's still yeah. yeah. And he smirks and laughs, laughs it off. But 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 just just think about this, right? Not only is he not going to close the gap between, uh, you know, whatever the white and black wealth gap or advancement gap is, but one side is going to get like a community center or a coding camp or whatever, and they're going to get actual weapons and technology and things that are going to help them 
um, weaponized further and explore Wait, where are you better. getting that? Where does they, that come from? You're, because you're, that's if an he invention. Gives it, if he gives them, if he gives them tech, what are they going to do with them? Just knowing the UN. So yeah. no, you're 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 literally proposing that he's going to give white people tech and not give any of the black and all the all, the full limit of what he gives black people in the hood of Oakland is a community center, and that is a complete that is not backed up by what the movie gives us in the last five minutes of the film. It's just not. So I the, the I think the main the central one of the central issues that's happening here is that we're imagining Wakandan technology as just generic technology and that's not what the movie tells us what the movie tells us is that vibranium is not just Wakanda has a bunch of iron sitting under it and iron's a, a good resource and so any country that has iron has an advantage on the financial st- on the economic stage no Wakanda uh, sorry vibranium is an almost mystical magical material that itself has the power to create technologies and combined with innov- the innovation of the people that have a power to basically create a utopia Wakanda Wakanda is a utopia. So the idea that by sharing its technology, it doesn't have the power to create a genuine utopia is bunk. Yes, it would be just a neoliberal technocratic thing to go into a black community and say, here's a, here's a few shekels, do what you will with it. But the idea that, that what's suggested by the movie and what you're right may or may not be borne out later is that by having access to this particular kind of technology, which is border, bordering on kind of um, magic, uh, mysticism, um, is that it can genuinely pro- uh, provide the basis of a whole social revolution. But now, the problem that- is, the problem is, if they're both getting it, that would be like if one team is up 100 points, and you're going to be like, you know what, I'm going to give both teams these plays that are going to help revolutionize your teams. The fact that one team was up 100 points by cheating or whatever, you have to address the fact that they cheated to get ahead by 100 points. And that's kind of the problem, is that it doesn't kind of reset the uh, things or address the inequities and then give both sides the thing. So that's kind of the See, problem. Even, <laughs> this, even, is the, this is the problem. Even, even if you do give black people the, the best of vibranium, he's giving white people the best of vibranium. So I don't see how he's going to actually accomplish any of what Killmonger wanted, which is to kind of get black people off of the bottom. No, it's not that. That's not what Killmonger wanted. Killmonger wanted what I think that you're low key saying right now, which is you want vengeance. Because in a world where you can actually create genuine equality across everyone, it doesn't matter as much. Like the 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 gap gets closed by everybody coming to an equal point. And I know that's like naive and not the way the world really works. But this isn't the world. This is the superhero movie where there's basically a magic substance that's gonna be spread across the entire world. And it seems to me what Killmonger wanted was not black liberation. What Killmonger wanted was not to raise black people up to be equal to white people. What Killmonger expressly says in the movie when challenged by T'Challa in the last fight was you want to be like the colonizers. And Killmonger says, yes, I do. Uh, this he's, is not he does equivocal. Not say, yes, he does. Le- he says he learned from them. He, no. Doesn't he, he say he learned? Doesn't he say he learned? Nope. I thought he said he learned from Well, regardless, no. this is what, you know, Ryan Coogler wrote for Brother Killmonger. Yes. This is not <laughs> what I feel Killmonger felt. This is the character we're given. But here, this is the character on the page. You can't invent a different but here's character the thing, here, say, that's you're stacking, mad that he got that's killed. Stacking, that's stacking the deck. Like, you know, they, they give him mustache twirling yes, stuff mustache to do. Twirling. Yeah, yeah, a bunch, yeah, yeah, but but they give that mustache twirling stuff to decide they want, like, they could have had somebody who was believing all the things that Black Panther believed, but was doing a mustache twirling thing. Like, like they could have some kind of neoliberal. See, but they, they, they try to load the deck so that you 
automatically assume that that type of mustache twirling is something that's inherent or necessary to his ideas about um, no, black empowerment. No, and do you know why? That's not true because we got Lupita and Yango's character, and this is what all of you men, no offense, okay. keep ignoring. I do, like the, I, I, but I, I, the, I, I, every I, single thing that Killmonger says was also said by Lupita and Yango. But, but Lupita and Yango, like Black Panther, learned from both of them and ultimately adopted all of the positive aspects of their ideology while leaving behind the homicidal mania that Killmonger also brought to the table. But Lupita is a cop, right? Like, what is she doing at the beginning of the film? She's wait, ru- she's running like a CIA op on Boko Haram, right? Wait she's, a minute, wait. But that's what exactly that's exactly what she does, right? She's how running. is that being a cop? How is that? How is she being like a CIA when she's literally liberating black people? But in the but way the, that but you that's but that's you want. But the thing is, like, she's not dealing with the a worldwide systemic inequality that creates the Boko Harams of the world. That's what Killmonger proposed, like, a really big... But that's not what Killmonger proposed. Killmonger literally said he wanted to indiscriminately give weapons to people all over the world so that there was a violent infighting that brought down civilizations. Just the Actually, way that Europeans fed weapons said, to Africans and uh, people all over the world to objection, foster violent infighting. Objection, objection, you're on. All right, so he said... Said he was going to give weapons to Wakandan spies that Wakanda already had in place, um, doing nothing apparently. That's not true. There were there were Wakandan spies because that's, that's what that's because some of them turned them down, right? That's why he said because that, that, well, and then he said, all right, we're going to start in London and New York because because a lot of people were saying, oh no, these are Killmonger's people across the world. Like no, they were Wakandans. That's why they turned them down. No, th- this was textually. This was I, I I've seen this the debate spread out uh, and diver- diversion their conflict be- along these lines for this reason i think that the the what killmonger represented his goals to be shifted over the course of the movie so in the beginning it was unclear whether or not he, we genuinely should um should believe him when he says he wants to support liberation in a violent uprising but a way that was justified in that seemed to focus on the right enemy. But as the movie progressed, it became clear, and I wish I had the script in front of me because I'm pretty confident about what was said, but I can't cite it, um, that he wanted to just send weapons out there to explicitly to see discord among communities. Not with any goal, not to say, let me give it to these poor people so they can rise up, but to say, just like the what he said this, just like the colonizer, so discord between people like the Hutus and the Tutsis. No, 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 that was not, no, 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 no. That was 100% not the (laughs) plan the plan was to give them mm. to train wakandans who could use them and actually just take down like the united states government and the I, uk I government i'm, I'm well, telling you that mm, i can't right remember the, the details I, of this but, I remember. But, but, but 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 i'll say this about the whole shifting thing right like to give an example there was die hard in the, in the die hard movie the guy hans is an anti-capitalist and this is supposed to be like an 80s uh macho movie and one thing that they found out when they first did the movie, I don't know if this is legend or true, but what the common legend is, is, and I'm going to take it as true because it backs up my point, so I'm just going to run with it. That's fair. But, yeah, they say uh, that when the movie first screened, a lot of people were finding Hans as anti-capitalism too sympathetic, and it was a little bit too much of a divide. And they were like, okay, this is not good. So they went and redid some scenes or some shooting to make him more outrightly villainous and mustache twirling and i feel like that's something that has to be taken into account with killmonger is if there's if there's this shift from the beginning to the end we have no idea what notes disney passed down we have no idea what 
because these are committee movies. This is yes. not like an auteur where he can just kind of craft a cohesive thing. They give him notes on where what has the notes that have to be hit, where every every character has to be by the end, if it fits their um, messaging. So that's why I can take a lot of these things of the shifting. Uh, uh, goals and the inconsistency with a grain of salt because we don't know what there's so many cooks in this pot and also if he's somebody who's such a high level spec op CIA guy the fact that his plan was so uh, presented as so crude or at least debatable where some people can walk away thinking that he just wants to just airlift and drop guns on Bloods and Crips and everybody that alone is kind of weird because yeah. You mean tell me that this guy is such an expert, has done so many of these operations. PhD at MIT. Wait, no, that's yeah, that's why and that's he's... his and and that's his plan. Like 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 that's that's more of stacking no. the deck. And and that's when I add one more thing and then I'll stop. But the whole he's as bad as a colonizer's thing. Okay, so say you're arguing, yeah, he has to be stopped because he's bad because he's as bad as a colonizer's. But yet once you get rid of him and stop his plan. You're making deals with the colonizers. So if he's just, if the problem is he's as bad as the colonizers, then you win. What, what's what's he doing? He's he's going and doing this all hands matter. I mean, all lives matter. Obama esque. Uh, we are the world solution with them. So he can deal. If, if the problem is Killmonger is going to be as bad as the colonizers, when you're done knocking out Killmonger, you shouldn't be able to break bread and negotiate with these colonizers. Your next step should be now we have to go and stop. Their their um um exploitation, which is not what he does. So the I, whole thing I is, agree. Or, or, okay, but I just say this: the whole thing to me is that the message is saying is we're just better with white colonizers. We're just happy no. with white colonizers. <laughs> They're oh. more benevolent oppressors. Brilliant, you know, like brilliant. Like at if no point does he break bread be, with white colonizers. You've made up a movie. That's if exactly we're gonna be what happens at the end. It doesn't happen. That's it doesn't. Going to the UN and saying, hey, look, we're no longer going to hide in the shadows and you guys have to recognize is not breaking bread with colonizers. He's and laughing. Remember, he's laughing as they're mocking Wakanda. Like, he's just smirking. Like, it's just nothing. Like, he's, he's chilling Are with you them. serious? You, I, I'm sorry, you guys. You've, you've, I think that you're overly... <laughs> you, you're basically... You're not going to be happy with a movie that's not... You, I, look, I don't want to, like... Like, I don't want to have an ad hominem, but it seems to me that this whole gist of this whole line of argument is about people wanting vengeance and not being happy until you see a movie about black people killing white people. Well, and uh, I agree. Like, look, Bri, that, let me, that let me, might let me, come let, in a... Let, let, no, let I, me, I just... I don't want to interrupt you, but I, 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 can't, okay. I think you're kind of maybe misapprehending what I'm saying. Uh, uh, just to say, like, my issue is not, like, this is not about vengeance. It, it's saying that, like, the issue is that you brought up this issue of... You, global black liberation in a movie called Black Panther, and the guy is the villain. Now, there's so many different ways you could handle this. Like, for example, look at Star Wars, right? Like, that's a movie about all about liberation. The good guys m murder millions of their oppressors, like straight up millions of them, and celebrate it because that's what happens in these type of movies, a type of movie that Black Panther more or less is. It's it, Hunger Games, you know? You can go through, down the list. Even the previous Marvel films, like uh, Civil, Civil, not Civil War, Winter Soldier, where Captain America, like, these kills, like, tens of thousands of people and there's no debate because he will do anything it takes and he will kill as many people as he needs to stop oppression because the oppression of those people 
generally considered white um, people, it's considered, you know, an urgent thing that must be stopped at all costs. And I feel like when it came to Black Panther, that is not how it's presented. It's presented that, like, well, there's another option. There's a better way. And it's more like a moderate way. And that's no, not... We don't- and this kind of but stuff. we don't. The movie has not told us what his plan is for actually ending global black oppression. The only thing the movie tells us is that he started out as someone who was an isolationist. I think that largely this is being read. Uh, Wakanda is not an analogy for black people and black liberation on some level. On some level, Wakanda is an analogy for America. And at, so at the end of the day, this is an American movie and everything comes down to America. And you can like that or not, but these superhero movies, as much as they want to pretend to be global in scope, they're American films. And this is a movie about isolationism, the ills of isolationism, and a coming to a realization about what a country, a wealthy country's obligations are to the rest of the world. This is it's a movie about that more than a movie about black liberation. And maybe that's something to criticize, but I think that that's something that's far and beyond the kind of social insight that you get from a Marvel movie. And to the extent that we had a compelling villain who preached um, black liberation in a way that every single viewer of the movie empathized with. You can say that he's a mustache twirling villain, but you cannot say that the fact that he was a mustache twirling villain corrupted or undermined his message. And that's the real power of the movie. It's not that Ryan Coogler said, let's make the villain feel this way, or Disney said, let's make the, the villain adopt this um, ideology, and therefore we're going to tar the ideology. The, I, the winner of this movie, the real hero of this movie is not Black Panther, but the extent to which it made clear that black liberation was a worthy goal and it was a goal shared by Lupita Nyong'o's character and it was a goal that ultimately won the movie and why it was tragic when Killmonger died because even Black Panther once he came to realize that Killmonger was right wanted to give him an opportunity to live and be healed and to to stand by him side by side and continue in that mission. But Killmonger, because his mission, it became clear by the end of the movie, was actually just to, to, to sow chaos and discord and to, to truly genuinely step in the shoes of the colonizer, which he expressly says in because the context of the movie. Because they wrote that. They wrote that. Why, why do you keep saying they wrote that? Like, it's not a movie. But, of but, course, but, it's a movie. But, it's a character. It's a, there's a villain. But I, get, I guess they're criticizing the movie for having a complex, compelling I, villain, I, I, which I, I, seems I guess to me to be insane. The problem is, if he's going to be as bad as a the colonizer, then show me Black Panther being as vigilant against the colonizer too. Cause at least I could deal with that if he's doing both sides, but he's working with the CIA guy, you know, yes. giving him high fives. Not, it's, okay. it's, it's and, and here's, here's something else that I think with the movie he, is a, is Killmonger a was in the CIA, by the way, Killmonger is what, what, the but, one that was but, trained but by the American he government. Said, he said that he did that because he wanted to get to the point where he could defeat T'Challa. He specifically, no, no, no. He said that. No, he said, what, what, no, no, he, he said he, that. He, he also said that he learned from the CIA how to sow discord and to literally be like them. He became okay, like them. Okay, okay, but Brianna, that makes my point in that if he learned from the CIA if the, and he was doing it on their behalf, that's even more reason not to work with the CIA. Like, if there's a yeah. guy who's coming to my neighborhood and he's beating everybody up in the neighborhood based on the orders of some other guy, you know, how am I going to work with the guy who gave him those orders in the first place, if Killmonger is bad for doing that, then the actual person who ordered him to do it is just as bad. So, Of course. So, so, so how can he be doing this on behalf of the CIA? That makes him as bad as a colonizer. Wait, who's doing anything on... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, 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 Killmonger was doing jobs. He wasn't like a freelancer just doing independent missions. He was doing all the bad things he did at the orders of the CIA. The CIA said, right. do this, do that. So... If Killmonger is irredeemable for that, then the unrepentant 
representative of the CIA who was a true blue um, punching his time card, unrepentant CIA guy. We have no idea that this guy is someone who hates the mission of the CIA. He straight up says to to T'Challa, uh, yeah, that's one of ours. He does uh, all this stuff for us, you know. So yeah, so why I agree. So, so why can you work? Why can you work with him? Why is that fine? That's why I feel well, like I, I don't have a problem with that criticism. I don't have a problem with the idea that that white character shouldn't be a true ally. But of course, I didn't read the movie as making him a true ally. I'm a practical person who sees that this is a Disney Marvel movie and that every single one of these Marvel movies involves working closely with the CIA. And okay, that, see, they, that they but that's they a minimize problem. the role down to that that is a problem. And I think that's a fair criticism. But I think that it's also fair to note that they minimize the role to the most uh, inept, um, impotent character that was a borderline like he was like the, the John Levy, what's his name with the glasses? Eric Levy, whatever. Character from um, American Pie who gets in all those um in those uh, Tyler Perry movies, and he's like the one dumb white guy that is like, heaped all the jokes on, and like in a no way comes off as any kind of hero. He's an ambivalent character that they only keep around because he has one moment where he saves uh, Lupita's life or whatever in the prison cell, and so they're like, okay, I guess we'll save his life, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and then they have him around so he helps fly a mission. I didn't get that he was any kind of hero. I think everyone understands that he's you know, a but, marginal but, character that's just throwing white people a bone. I think the problem but, is like, he doesn't what? have to, hold yeah. on, I'll, I'll, I'll say one quick thing. He doesn't have to be super competent. All he has to do is understand enough to go back to his bosses and say, <laughs> hey guys, look at everything I saw. He doesn't have to be a genius. And that's the thing. These people are so afraid of giving their technology or anything to anybody to the point that his father will kill his own brother just to keep him from sharing vibranium with Mm-hmm. black people in America. But yet this guy just wakes up in what looks like an Apple showroom, like, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, an, an Apple store showroom. And she's like, hey, here's a guided tour. You know, look at this. Hey, look at this window. And I want to say, like, in the comics, Everett K. Ross, this character does exist, but he's not a CIA agent. He's just like some State Department lackey. They made him be CIA agent so that they could have a positive portrayal of a CIA agent in the movie called Black Panther. Black Panther, CIA good. That's the politics of this film that I took issue with. And and back to, like, you know, Killmonger, yeah, like the mustache twirling thing, right? So he talks about black liberation, and then he, you know, chokes an old lady. Like, that's a, that's what they wrote him to be. Like, they wrote him, like, the my chief issue is, like, there's no positive voice for, you know, full-throated black liberation in it as, like, a counter to show that black that Killmonger is just wrong in his techniques or his past, right? Or like black American. There's no balancing black American voices. Black Americans. No black American voices. And the, and the uh, another thing about Killmonger is in the comics, he's bad because he's a capitalist. He's bad because he's a capitalist. In the comics, in the movie, he's bad because he's a Black Panther. And like, I think that's a really messed up thing to uh, really mess up change to make to this film. Like, I don't. I and Killmonger is, is still very sympathetic in the comic books. He's noble. He's intelligent. He's brilliant. He's uh, actually in a lot of ways superior to T'Challa. So you didn't have to make him um, like a black liberationist in order to make people invested in his character or to give this movie additional depth, but they chose to, and I will judge them for that. 
and whatever. Do you think there's a chance? Because I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because being that so many people are conflicted about Killmonger's views, about whether T'Challa was heroic, do you think maybe Kugler did a Trojan horse or pulled a fast one on Disney, as in he had to do what they wanted to do and have the kind of kumbaya, all lives matter, everyone get along message? And do you think he maybe put something in there that he knew would resonate with a lot more radical voices and also not trigger uh, the people who want to see the opposite. As in, like, if he made it too overt, they might have totally scrapped and reworked the movie or, um, you know, neutered it. I, I guess it's possible, but if that's the case, brother, just just don't do it. Just go on your Twitter and and talk that good shit, right? Like, don't make the movie about Black Liberation and have him be the villain if you know that in the end he's going to be... Um, I would say, like, if, you, if you're in that situation, like, it's better to just not make the political statement if you can't make it fully, right? If it can be misinterpreted, if it can be misused by people, I would rather just, just make a superhero movie and then, you know, go on Twitter and talk about the Black Panthers. Go on Twitter and and and, t- and talk about Angela Davis, right? Don't make yeah. A, yeah, don't don't you know use your position as the director to talk about the real shit in real life and maybe just leave it out of the film if you can't do it full justice. Well, how was it misinterpreted? Because again, I saw Killmonger's message, the part of it, parts of it that weren't homicidal, as clearly winning and being the actual protagonist of the movie. It's not just Killmonger's message; it's Lupita Nyong'o's message. There's a clear condemnation of T'Challa's father's message and the extent to which T'Challa had embraced that message. And it was clear that isolationism and protectionism lost, and Black liberation and uh, wealth redistribution won. And I think that's a valuable lesson. And I'm, I'm, I loved the film because it had that lesson, and it wasn't just a generic big strong man beats big strong man over the head in a cape type of movie yeah but i feel like that's a that's a message that a lot of people did not get um (laughs) my mentions my mentions i I think a lot of people didn't get that message but but maybe that's the point maybe if too many people did get that message uh maybe if it tripped too many alarms the movie would never went out but again i agree with you l in that if that's the case, did it do more harm than good? I don't know. What, but, what but, harm? Uh, well, What's the harm? Well, well the harm would be the, all the people in Elle's mentions who missed that point that Killmonger... Wait, so what do they think? What do they believe now that they didn't believe before that's negative and bad? What did they learn from this movie that's destructive? I would say that um, Black Liberation, the idea of it, even if it has to possibly be a you know a revolution the idea that revolution at least when it comes to black folks is like a evil thing it's just got it's just about revenge and killing white folks but you know five years ago we had a whole genre about white teenagers violently revolting against their government and that's fine and nobody cares about that but when you have this film that proposes at least the question the same question that's presented to Katniss Everdeen but it says you know when well when it's black folks you know you gotta wait your turn or else you know it's gonna be bad like I I don't like that that is the kind of like the a major takeaway from a film called again 
Black Panther. And and I saw, I don't know about your Minchies, and obviously there's always going to be some pinheads in the world who take whatever message away they want from a movie. But every single person that I've spoken to about this movie, regardless of race, took away the message that Black liberation is dope, that Killmonger is dope. Everybody hopes he's still alive, that the, his message was dope, except for that he obviously needed to be stopped because he also was a murdering maniac, that Lupita Nyong'o is also dope and that her message was the same as his and that um, it, it, it provided the most rosy, sympathetic gloss to black liberation that I've ever seen in a mainstream populist movie. Um, the one thing I don't agree on is a lot of people are saying that, oh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character was the same as... Um, Michael B. Jordan's, but minus the violence. And I think that's true if you think of it as two poles, like two choices, as in don't help black people or do help black people. But I think there was actually three things going on here. And there was like just run away and hide, like isolate yourself, like hide from your problems. The other one is um, fight, fight for what's yours. Um, Be willing to do a revolution. And then the other part is kind of like charity and getting along. And I feel like um, what one there was a choice between revolution and charity, or not getting along and getting along. And I feel like charity won over revolution, and and um, getting along at all costs won over not getting along. So I feel like Killmonger was about not getting along, but in a confrontational way. We're going. We're not going to get along, but we're going to fight. Uh, T'Challa was not getting along, but my solution to not getting along is, um, um, hiding. And I feel like, uh, Lupita was like, let's get along at all costs, but she included helping black people in there, but her, her helping of black people was more charity and, and there was a Boko Haram thing and and I agree with that, but, 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 but what I'm saying, that's a rewrite of the movie, but but, but, what I'm saying, Okay. What, what I'm saying is I think there's a place for both. Like, like the actual Black Panthers had the Black Liberation has been a parody. There's this book by a lady named Alondra Nelson about um, the Black Panthers. And what she made the book about was she was saying that there's this caricature of the Black Panthers that's been perpetuated by uh, white media and a lot of Black people buy into it where they only show the guns. And it's all about just about militants and revolution and shooting white people. But they also had um, these medical programs. They did these lunch programs. So her whole book was about all the community building and charity that they did. But Killmonger is the parody in the white mind of the Black Panthers. And, 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 And the real Black Panther ideology, the real Black liberation ideology, has the Lupita and the Killmonger. They create this false choice where... You have to either be all about weapons or you have to be about charity. And I feel like a real synthesis would have been to allow revolution to stay on the table, but also incorporate um, Lupita's charity thing as so, well. I'm sorry, that's, what? that's kind of... When when did Lupita have charity? Because Lupita wasn't even in that final scene. It was it was Black Panther and his 
in his sister. So it seems to me like you're projecting all of this weird, like non-confrontational stuff onto Lupita, who was expressly confrontational and even confronting Black Panther in the beginning of the movie. She was not supposed to be running those visits. She was in trouble. She had rejected her relationship with Black Panther because he wanted to be an isolationist and she wanted to go above and beyond what her government would allow her to do to actually enact black liberation. She was the only one actually doing it. Okay, so maybe I misunderstand what you're saying, but you were saying that he was listening to her. So how was he listening to her? If, if you because all that I'm doing was charity. So if no. you're saying that she was about revolution, not charity, then was he not listening to her? Because because you by were the, saying that he he was listening to her by the end. That by the end he chose her way over um, Killmonger's way. Yes. So are you saying that he actually chose neither of the ways? No, I think that what the movie wants you to believe by the end is that. Um, you, so the, you said it actually when it was really great. You said that they had to that that Killmonger was the parody of what black uh, Black Panthers are in the eyes of white people who fear uh, black liberation, and that he had to be killed off. But I want to add a, some nuance to that. Yes. He was that parody, and he did have to be killed off because that parody wasn't true. That parody isn't the most genuine and accurate reflection of what the best ideals of the Black Panther Party are. And what this movie does is it, is it takes someone who is naive and dumb and, and in the closet, who is T'Challa at the beginning, it, it exposes him to all of these ideas. And because he is a smart and insightful man and is able, is able to distill the truth from what Killmonger has said and said, yes, you're right brother. Yes, Lupita, you're right about what you should be doing, what we should be doing more from the community. And he eventually confronts his father about it, realizes that all these other people were telling him the right thing and that he wants to step in Killmonger's shoes, except for the extent to which he's a genocidal maniac. Okay, and so- that's, that's he, he purely distilled and elevated what we should be celebrating as the best version of Black Panther. Black Panther became Black Panther in this movie. That is why it's an origin story and why we can't expect for him then to go pivot around and have another two hours at the end of the movie where he's, he puts together an army and starts liberating people all over the world violently. That's not two hours. That's like five minutes, right? Like you can okay, just, tell, I just want to... Tell me what that looks like. Tell I, me what you wanted to I have can, in the I last know, five minutes. I know exactly what it looks like. It shows black uh, drone flying over Somalia and Black Panther leaping into the sky and taking it down. That's what it looks like. It looks like Black Panther not going in front of the UN, but going on international TV and saying, this shit's got to stop. Right, like I agree this, that would have been better. I agree that would have been better, but I don't. Oh, well, think that, folks, thank that you that, for ha- thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, yeah, but go but ahead. Leslie, my, my point is that that does not foreclose the possibility of that happening in the next film. So what I've always been, I've said throughout is I don't think that you can use the yes, Disney-fied, nice tied up with the ribbon ending of this to reflect on the message that happened very clearly in the other two and a half hours of the film. And I'm very interested to see what's going to happen later down the road. Hmm. And I think that whatever criticisms you have later down the road in movie two, I might be right there with you, but I'm not willing to say in a movie that does so much more to advance the, and and, and to beatify and make, glorious the message of black liberation than any other Disney type corny movie like this usually does I'm not willing to stand here and criticize it because I think it's a net good even if the second movie doesn't fulfill the ideals that were I think were set out clearly so here. just to, just to be clear you've accused us of rewiring the movie but you're also <laughs> writing the second movie and saying even if the second movie doesn't turn out the way you wrote it you're still right I, I, no sister, I'm not saying I'm sister, still right sister <laughs> that's not what I said at all <laughs> sister I said uh, it's still better than having another Green Lantern or Ant Man or whatever. I still think that there's a lot I, I, here, I, even I, if there's I, here to I, I, I do agree it was better to watch, but I feel like 
I, I feel like this is the simplest way to deal with this is just to have Killmonger be the Killmonger from the comics. Have him be the guy who wants to bring Coca-Cola and Pepsi and Disney to Wakanda and have that be the problem that he's fighting. And that is the thing that makes Black Panther see. I can't be an isolationist. These people are coming for me. I've seen those other Marvel movies that I was in. I know if I have all this technology, these people, these demigods, these government institutions are going to come after me and I can no longer be an isolationist. I have to take a stand and I'm going to take a stand on Africa. That's not going to piss. And that wouldn't piss any of the white audiences off because if Tatala said, you know what? Africa that's going to be mine you're going to get your drone strikes out of here you're going to get your soldiers out of here that's what i want that's what i would like to see you think that's a better movie a movie that's about it being anti-corporate advertising as opposed to being anti-capitalist and being anti-capitalist and being pro-black liberation are uh very tied together i uh, i i prefer the movie that's about explicit black liberation the one that is able to hold up something that everyone superficially agrees is a problem like slapping coke labels on things and uh instead talks about actual human uplift and and empowers the the reality of black global equality i think think capitalism is deeper than just slapping coke labels on it but that's not the movie that leslie just pitched oh that is the movie i just pitched just anti-capitalism they want to bring a capitalism to conda he knows they want to coke coke i'm just saying there's an example right that's it no, just... coke does political stuff coke yeah. undermines local labor markets do. and does all types of stuff like i think it's deeper than just slapping things but that's on. not the movie that's pitched and you you genuinely think that a movie about coca-cola disrupting local the commerce movie wouldn't be about coca-cola the, the movie would be about killmonger being what he is a cia uh, a special ops agent trying to bring uh who would be bringing you know capitalism to wakanda trying to take vibranium for the military industrial complex like the stuff that happens in the real world in real life that we should fight against uh we don't ha- we don't actually worry about um black liberationists um finding you know getting super weapons and deposing the united states government that's not something that actually happens except on fox news but but the, what i'm proposing is what is actually happening the problems that are actually going on in africa and black yeah, panther yeah. actually fighting those and, and i and i think that this like i said wakanda is about america and it's a it's an analogy for america when america's obligations oh, oh thank you thank you for world. bringing that up brie because i wanted to say there are three Captain America movies that are already about that. And he firmly comes on the side, down on the side, each time of, we are going to beat the shit out of all oppressors. We are going to kill them dead. This is our responsibility as Americans. And there's three movies about that. Like, I don't see how Black Panther, Black Panther just feels like a step back because it's black, because it can't be so extreme, yeah. we, have to, we have to be when more Captain America, When Captain America seems more radical than the Black Panther, it just seems kind of wrong. We, we saw very different movies. I saw a movie that chose to put, to talk about the, the transatlantic slave, tra- slave trade and the, the fissures between black Americans and Af- the African community in a mainstream global Disney movie. And to credit those tensions and the inner workings of our communities and privilege those over some over what every other movie does which is to center whiteness and center white oppression i thought that was it was it was refreshing to be able to have a conversation that's about us and to see my own issues and the issue the concerns of my own intimate black community in the diaspora put as but i think this movie i think this movie did center whiteness i think this movie did center whiteness because the whole conflict is about saving white people 
It's they were not. fighting. They were fighting over what's going to happen to white people uh, that, to, that, to get along with to get along with them yeah, or to I disagree with and, them. I, I think overthrow them. And T, I actually want to disagree with you because when uh, Michael J- B. Jordan is um, reading the um, Wakandan elders at first he says what well, they got two billion black people who look like you that are oppressed and they say well those are not our people that's not our problem blah 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 and then he says wait a minute didn't all people come for africa what about your responsibility to everyone so and this is I, a good point. I, I, yeah yeah i do not think mike uh killmonger especially by but i don't think he says i want to go kill all white people he says he, he talks about the oppressors he doesn't just say he doesn't just say right. white, white people he doesn't just say yeah, i'm going to free bl- black people and i feel like that Got got kind of lost in the all the hot take economy. That I think that's right, and I think that was good. That 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 speech was his most empathetic moment. He 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 told no lies. He told no lies. And, the same and, way that he was willing to uplift everyone. That's not a critique. I don't think that doesn't yeah. make him less. And the same way, it, but he was also willing to tear down everyone indiscriminately, I, I guess, indiscriminately shuffling weapons around. The I world. guess Bree. I guess at that point in the mo- movie. In 99% of movies starring white people, superhero white people in sci-fi movies, that's the point where they turn away Killmonger and he has to go fight on a mission on his own. And then at the end of the movie, T'Challa realizes he's right and helps him. Like that's what the mo- that's what most of these movies turn out to be. The well, that's rep- what T'Challa did. But, uh, T'Challa he is Black Panther. Him. He stabbed him first though. He in, in, self de- in self-defense and then asked him if he wanted to be brought back alive. And because Killmonger would refuse to turn away from his but, uh, genocidal but they, um, but, but inclinations, they, but, but he, he chose to die. But he wouldn't have had genocidal uh, inclinations if this was like any other movie starring a white That's character. That's not true because you keep confused. Killmonger is not the superhero. But in any other movie, he would be. He would be the hero if he was the person who was... No, t- who, if T'Challa he went to- comes Killmonger. Is the, T'Challa takes everything that is good about Killmonger and adopts it for his own. So why are you still mourning Killmonger? But I, I, I don't think he took... Mourning, what what good did he take from Killmonger? I don't see what he took from Killmonger, really. The black liberation theology. The black liberation, I, what, what black theology. liberation? theology. I, I, I feel He's, like the, he's the Obama. He's the Obama Panther. I don't. I feel like we. I feel like we. I feel like we maybe covered that point, but we didn't cover the point of like it's. Let's say this wasn't Wakanda. Let's say this is Cloud City, and Han Solo is going up to Lando and asking him for help against the Empire. Like we don't see Han Solo as this murderous radical because he's not. He's just the guy trying to free the well, press be, be, and Lando. <laughs> does learn from Han Solo and saves him and joins in the, the exact same fight. It's a perfect analogy. It's no, a, the analogy is the most recent Star Wars movie where we have a lot of empathy oh, uh, d- for the Kylo Ren character. Uh, sorry. The mo- Ky- uh, excuse me, Bree. The most recent Star Wars movie is um, the, Reven- the Return of the Sith. No, uh, the yeah. most recent chronology, you know exactly what I mean. I do don't not know what you're talking about. No, I don't that's, know not a Star Wars, that's not a Star Wars movie. Okay, that's- so in the movie that we all know that I'm talking about, <laughs> Kylo Ren, <laughs> Kylo, Kylo Ren is our ambivalent evil character. This is another one of those instances it's where the, another movie bad more movie. Interest- the movie is more interesting because you have a villain that you don't know which way it's going to go and who has, who has had bad things happen to him and you have genuine sympathy for him and you are rooting for him to turn to the light. Are you that- defending that abomination of a film 
on this venerable I'm, podcast. <laughs> I'm making a very clear point about what the fact that a lot of people, a lot of writers have realized that what makes movies more compelling is to have multifaceted villains. And when you have a multifaceted villain, it doesn't mean that all the good parts of them are therefore bad because they're associated with a villain. It's, be, it's, it's to say that people are complex and that the, the movies give these people room to be better and to be redeemed. And what the movies ultimately come say because they need a villain is that they were able to overcome their dark side and therefore they had to be put down that is not something that they're uniquely doing in this movie because disney hates black people although maybe disney probably does hate in black return people. of the jedi the luke skywalker not here. in return of the jedi luke skywalker convinces darth vader of his good side and he goes and he murks the emperor okay he turns and fights the white supremacist okay same- that does that's not what happened in this film that's what happened in kylo ren too kylo ren stabbed the old ugly guy whatever and then he becomes him right he becomes becomes him and that's what Killmonger said he was wanting to become he explicitly said I want to become the colonizer Uh, that's what happened in the movie and therefore he couldn't live therefore he couldn't continue I need to really rewatch the movie I feel like because that is explicit that happened in the movie but it was goofy yeah and I feel like if Killmonger couldn't continue because he was going to become the colonizer, then the person who actually is the colonizer also shouldn't be able to yes. continue. I agree. And, and, and that's where's, that's the, the problem. Where's that, the that lie? Okay, me. the movie, the, the next movie is not going to open with Black Panther ripping off uh, Frodo's head. It's not. It's not going to happen. So, uh, Brie. So, so are you also going to criticize all the other? Um, do you, did you do a podcast dedicated to each other Marvel movie about the extent to which they are? working with the CIA. Oh, yes. Isn't Bucky like a member of the CIA? We have talked about uh, this on the podcast before. We don't like any of that shit. So then make make the narrow criticism that you wish that there had, I guess, been no white character at all. But but you also have to acknowledge that this is a movie and white people needed their scion. And oh, this is what it is. They, hey, Brie, they minimized I, him. They made him a punk. And I don't have a problem with Brie, it. I, actually, I don't. I, 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 actually, we really like the Everett uh, K. Ross uh, character in the comics because he's this he is the like main character of priest black, uh, black panther but he's not a C- literally a cia agent in the book and because the book is called black panther and you can't have the protagonist be a cia agent you, right you, you, so that's a fine criticism but you i feel like you guys want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and like drag this movie uh, it was just 95 like 95 goes well far and beyond what anybody kind of expected of a disneyfied movie because of some valid but very discreet criticism, some of which haven't even borne out um, because they are only like the represented in the last two minutes of the film. And I think that you're probably over over reading into uh, how they'll manifest. OK, ultimately. that's another ad hominem, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> T, we're about 90 minutes in. T, I, I, uh, do you have any last words, any last uh, thing to say? Um, The only thing... I would uh, say, like, I have a lot of thoughts, but the last thing I would say is I hate when people keep saying that this is Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. I feel like it's just such a lazy analogy because Martin Luther King may have wanted um, integration and assimilation and a less radical path than uh, Malcolm X, but he was always for um, the the compensatory justice of black people and... He was not for colorblindness. That's like this new thing they, they create. He was always conscious that black people have a special claim to justice. And he, even at the end, was about reparations and stuff. And I could never think of 
Black Panther sitting on the resources to help black people worldwide and just being like, you know, that's not my problem. Or going to the opposite extreme and being like, because this is the guy who was against the Vietnam War. Like he's, he's, he became very radical and anti, you know, military. He, I can't see him wanting to give resources to the world powers either at the end of the day. Like either extreme that uh, T'Challa was, I don't see Martin Luther King uh, being. He would not sit on all those resources and not help black people. And he would not give the world Neither powers. Stuff. No, but, but he was giving them world powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He was giving them world powers, technology that, that he has no idea if they're going to be able to start using it for whatever means they're going to use them for, you know? And and I think what he is is Obama at the end of the day. He's somebody that's like, I'm not the president of black America. I'm the president of all America. Like he, he, to me, is Obama, not Martin Luther King. And that's my final thing on it. Thank you. Uh, I will just say uh, very simply and very p- plainly, Killmonger did nothing wrong. Brie, wow. I will give you the last word. Because I'm that good. Because I just want to say because because I'm that gracious. I I I just I just you Uh, feel free to thank me for being as gracious as I am. But you know, I I will. I'm happy to do that after I point out that Killmonger shot his girlfriend in the head. Advanced a pogrom of um, she was in the way. Spreading weaponry across the world indiscriminately to see discord. To quote, be like the colonizer, and that Ms. Martin Pope. Luther King's march wa- march on Washington was a march for jobs and poverty, and uh, that was um, broader. It's certainly centering, but broader than simply the black um, racial agenda in America, and that he had a much broader global outlook. And I have a hard time thinking that Martin Luther King would sit on the kind of technology and resources that would benefit the poor and, and underprivileged in the world um, and not share them um, kind of from a place of fear. And I think that we need to ha- give a, the movie a little bit more credit and see exactly how T'Challa plans to share this technology before we jump to the conclusion that he's a big dumb dumb who is just going to let people who would use it against him um, have that kind of leverage. Thank you so much for having me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That okay. was- oh, 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 I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I got the domain Killmonger was right was right dot com. Oh, awesome! I'm a, full, I'm a full believer in Killmonger was right. So Killmonger was right dot com. That's how much of a believer I am. Right dot com to, to, to spread the gospel of Killmonger. So go go to Killmonger was right dot com. You heard it here, folks. Um, whoever gets the domain name does win the debate uh, when it comes to podcast <laughs> debate. I should have start. I should have started with this. I'm cr- ah, I messed up. Yeah. So thank you so <laughs> much. Five minute podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate. it. I think this is a excellent spirit debate that. Um, I'm pretty sure the struggle session fans will decide I won. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much, Bree. Um, something something's wrong on the internet. Um, please check them out. It's an excellent podcast. T- and we'll be talking about Black Panther too. Okay. On our next episode. All right. Um, I, I I I didn't get an invitation. Did you, T? No, no. I, I, I guess some pe- some people are just afraid. <laughs> some people are afraid to be challenged on their own podcast, but that's that's fine. And T, uh, Champagne Sharks, um, Patreon.com slash Champagne Sharks. Uh, what's your Patreon, Bree? I don't. We don't have one. Oh, you balling like that? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm. 
I, I, I need your support. But this will be a bonus episode. Uh, so thank you all for supporting us on Struggle Session. This is You're not going to get any kind of debate like this. You're not going to hear three black people on the podcast anywhere else like this. For, yeah. for real. It's not going to be on Collider. It's not going to be on Collider. It's not going to be on any of those sites. Yeah, the Slate, Slate Gaffest ain't got this going on. All right. So thank you for coming out. Thank you both so much. I think it was a wonderful debate. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, yeah. This is great. And Kill Monager did nothing wrong. <laughs> like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.